Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, all you nerds out there. I'm Geek Soul Brother, and I'm putting the funk in the final frontier. Welcome to this very special episode, episode number 282. It was special because. I had as a guest Sci-Fi Channel's very own Natalie Chidez. She is the showrunner of the currently running Hunters TV show. I know some of you might not have heard it, but a few of you have. And uh, Hunters is a great show. It's a it's a drama. It's got some really cool practical effects in there. We talk about that. Natalie talks about her background in TV. That she's. Uh, uh, produced shows like V, written and produced for V, uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, and even going back to um, New York Undercover, which was a great show. We used to we used to uh, look at that when we were younger, and um, yeah, Natalie goes into how that show developed. But um, she really talks about um, writing and uh, running a show like Hunters, and even how she got onto being connected with the Sci-Fi Network and her uh, appreciation of working with Gail Ann Hurd, who is uh, uh, famous for producing a lot of science fiction and fantasy, going all the way back to uh, the first Terminator movie. So we really had a great conversation about that. We talked about diversity and casting and uh, all kinds of different things. I hope you guys enjoy it. I really enjoyed having uh, Miss Chidez on the show, and I hope that she comes back for another conversation after uh hunters is finished with this season i'm crossing my fingers that we'll get renewed for another season that'll be great hey find us in itunes and stitcher you can find us under geeks old brother and the nerdy venoms and uh make sure you subscribe to the show also leave a comment really appreciate that good feedback is always appreciated also find me on facebook twitter google plus and you can definitely find me on YouTube. I've been putting up my YouTube videos. And also my website, geeksoulbrother.com. Reviews and trailers on there. Commentaries from myself and my other uh, co-hosts, the Nerdy Venoms. And there's a donate button there, so you can definitely help out the show financially. A little couple dollars a month, a little reoccurring donation will definitely help us out with equipment and so forth. Also, if you want to check us out, Live, you can check us out Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern on talkshoe.com. That's talk and shoe like you wear.com. Otherwise, just uh, just watch out there. Might be a little, we didn't really have too much language in here, but our regular show is always uh, um, for adults, so just watch out. Little mature language going on in there. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, conversation with Natalie Chidez, showrunner of Hunters. Peace. But um, I'm really glad to have you on the show, because um, Natalie, I love. Uh, I'm just gonna fan out for a second, fanboy, out for a second. Okay. I love uh, hunters. <laughs> it's a good, good. show. Good, it's, good, it, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's a it's an awesome show. It um 
it, it just had something different going on and I really like it. But um but yeah, for uh you know what? I I started recording and I'll edit and okay. stuff, but um um yeah, for you listeners out there, this geek's old brother and I'm putting the funk in the final frontier and I have a special guest on the show today. This is a special show, not our normal Tuesday show. But um I have Natalie Chidez. Uh she is the showrunner and one of the uh producers, executive producers of um a show on sci-fi called Hunters. A lot of you I, I've seen on Twitter, a lot of you have seen it, but a lot of you haven't. And um, I just had to get Natalie on the show because the the uh, TV show Hunters is so interesting, and I wanted to uh, get the inside scoop from the perspective of the showrunner, Natalie herself. Natalie, again, uh, uh, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Nah, it's, it's no problem at all. For you listeners out there, Natalie has a long uh, track record in TV, um, especially in sci-fi, 12 Monkeys uh, uh, on sci-fi also, V, the 2010 remake of the original series, one of my favorite, uh, Terminator, the Sarah, Chron- uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles, that was great, and the original yeah. Heroes. And Natalie, you go all the way back to one of my all-time favorites, uh, New York Undercover. Uh, yeah, yeah. New York Undercover was um, a really interesting show, man. It was my first job in the business, and uh, it was uh, a Dick Wolf show of Law and Order fame. And uh, you know that we had—I uh, will tell you that that first staff had uh, an entirely diverse writing staff. See, that's so amazing. I was under. I was under the impression that that's what Hollywood was like, mm. uh, but uh, but you know we were able to really take on. It was fun, you know. We had the music thing going on. We had uh, uh, Sean Combs, you know, back in the day, and Andre Harrell were were uh, doing doing music for that show. That's um, right. We had huge musical guests, and um, it was just a really really cool show that uh, hasn't actually been able to uh, be syndicated a lot because of the music rights. Mm. So, um, but I, that show meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, and it was, it was really, it was really special. We got to do a lot of uh, cool topical stuff, you know, uh, and, pay, and take on some stuff that other shows just, just couldn't. So, um, and it broke out a lot of stars, you know, had Malik Yoba, in really his first role on TV, and right. um, and yeah, it was a really really great show, and it's really funny because now I go into repeating, and there's a lot of love for that show because people watched it when they were uh, you know kind of coming out to teenagers or whatever. Right. Um. So so yeah. So thank you. No, it's it, it it was it was so different at the time, and I'm glad you talked about the diversity of the writing room because it was reflected in the show itself. It wasn't just the fact that they had characters of color, people of color, but the mood of the show reflected a, a kind of multiculturalness that you just didn't see in other shows. I'm glad that um, I'm glad that they took the chance. I did I didn't know that uh, Dick Wolf had because uh, he's done so many things also, and you know I, di- I didn't know yeah, that he had was, done it. It was actually a writer. The, the creator was a, a writer named uh, Kevin Archibald, a black writer, um, and he he was the actual creator. And Dick, of course, was the executive producer mm-hmm. above him. But we also had a, a writer named Charles Holland, who 
uh, just created a new show for BBC, and uh, Reggie Bicewood, who's married to uh, Gina Prince, who did Love and Basketball, mm. and uh, Angel Lopez. We just had a really, really cool, um, you know, un- unusually diverse uh, writing staff. So, and, and yeah, I, I do think it was reflected in, in all the choices, in the dialogue, in, in the casting, just in, in everything. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a really, really cool, a really, really cool start. I know a lot of I know a lot of my um, my uh, podcast crew back in the day they were all over it so <laughs> they really yeah yeah it, I mean I feel like we kind of took, took the niche of you know of an empire or you know show that's music driven and um, you know has some action to it and um, yeah it was it, it was it, it was great and when I look actually when I look back and look at the music that we had on the show yeah. and now that I know what I know I said how did we ever afford all those all that music right we had amazing guests and we had like old school like a just huge musical bus coming coming on all the time and uh, uh, so yeah it was it and we shot of course in actually New York and uh, it had a real you know vibrant feel to it so it, it was fantastic yeah so, thank I you. Love it. so let me ask you because um you know my name geek's old brother if you can tell i'm a geek yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm most likely a black guy <laughs> with the afro okay. and uh and 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 i'm not that young so <laughs> right. okay all right i really uh enjoy uh science fiction and i'm wondering have you always been into science fiction? Because, um, you know, a, a, a lot of your TV series that you worked on, at least half of it is sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the answer is yes. And um, not so much hard science fiction as a lot of fantasy when I was a kid. And mm. uh, and I think the reason is probably because why a lot of people are drawn to it is because I, I felt very much of an outsider as a kid. I, I mm. grew up in a, a, a bi, you know, racial home. I, my mom was Mexican. My dad was white. I lived in a very uh, Mexican American community and I felt really straddling two worlds, not, not knowing where I belong. And I think that the idea of another play of another place of another, of having powers, all of that stuff was very, very appealing to me. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I, that was certainly an interest of mine. I think, you know, political and social issues were, were, were another real, a real passion of mine. And, uh, and uh, you know, I talk, kind of toggled back and forth um, between those kinds of things. I, I like to write sort of hard-hitting client, client stuff as well. And, um, and uh, yeah, and I was just lucky enough to uh, to be able to work in genre, I had written a movie. I did I did actually the Disney Fellowship early on, which is a really great program for diversity and female writers mostly. And right. uh, wrote a wrote a science fiction feature. It's called The Last Arc, and it was about they had taken all the bi- all the biological DNA of the planet and they put it up in this giant biosphere in space, and then it gets raided. Right, they're trying to protect it, so it's this pool battle, and it gets and, it, it gets raided by who? Well, basically, the people that are trying to get get uh, the bad guys who are trying to right. acquire the DNA. They're trying to repopulate Earth, mm-hmm. right? Because Earth's been fucked up, the right. atmosphere's wiped out, so they've taken all everything up to space to protect it, and now we're trying to repopulate the Earth. 
Um, mm. And so the people who are trying to control the biological the DNA, basically, of the world are, are trying to get it back. So it's oh. a battle over it. Wow, anyway, that... so I wrote, so that kind of was something that led to being able to work in, uh, uh, you know, a good, a good sample for, uh, for working in TV and science fiction and then, uh, you know, was able to work on Heroes and all, on all the shows you mentioned. And um, it's been great. I love it. I, that's awesome. It, it's and and I, your experiences, um, uh, n- not the biracial part, but the outsider part definitely yeah. uh, uh, relates to a lot of nerds out there, and so especially especially my uh, friends over at um, uh, Black Girl Nerds, who's a they got a huge following. Uh, Jamie Broadnax runs that, and. Um, uh, you constantly hear about you, you know, you know women because of the nerdiness is such a man thing. Also, you know it's it's so populated, not populated, but but the idea of it is like it it is still pushed in the male, um, uh, I guess direction by a lot of males right. in you know in the world they're creating and so forth. And um, just to hear black girl nerds and hear other nerds talk about you know how getting into sci-fi really helped them to understand where their place was in society uh, not society but their own you, you know where their yeah, place was I mean, in their I mean, own I mean, it's just, you know for me it was just it's an element of escapism i mean escapism. it's an element of trying to you know imagine a different world because maybe your world at the moment is an ideal so for, for me, it, helped, it definitely held that appeal, and, and that you know, projecting yourself into, into positions of power and all that stuff. And um, also, you know, the other thing that I really like about science fiction is it is the opportunity to take on big ideas because uh, because you can, you know, I mean, you yeah. can take on huge concepts that in other you know other genres might feel like um you're trying to force it but right. in science fiction is so na- it's so natural so the, so that's all stuff i like to think that i'm um you know developing a few other projects and uh they're they're almost all genres for one western developing western mm. um but if, but aside from that uh you know because i just like the ideas and i and i like the uh, i like the interaction with the fans i think it's the genre fans, there's no, there's no better fans on earth because they really, they really care. They really watch with, you know, passion and yeah. detail and are interacting with the material in a way that just, you know, other people aren't. So it's, it's you know, that level is really fun. And uh, yeah, it's been great. How did you, um, how'd you just get into writing? How, what, what, what drew you to writing? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I grew up in, in Los Angeles. I grew up on the east side of Los Angeles and really didn't know anybody in the business. And in spite of the fact of living in L.A., I, d- I didn't even know a caterer. I didn't know anybody. Oh. You, know, <laughs> you didn't have no and, uh, connections, I, no I network. I to UCLA and uh, kind of stumbled into a film class mm-hmm. and, you know, had no I had no concept of what a career as a, as a screenwriter or producer would be like. I mean, no concept. Did you have and, another? Uh, did you have another uh, uh, career choice? Well, time? I wanted to write. I knew I wanted to write, okay. and so I thought, well, I'll be a journalist, or I'll be a, uh, you know, I'll write books, or I'll do. Some, I, I knew that I knew that I wanted to write. That that much I knew. But as far as it being a, a, a profession in Hollywood, 
that was that was just not an option for me until I got to college and uh, just stumbled into the film program and uh, fell in love with that. And then I had a teacher who I wrote a script for. She sat me down. She said, "I think you can do this for a living." And mm. I said, "Great." But, and you know that woman really changed my life and uh, and uh, you know taught me some things and, and mo- 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 more than anything just gave me the confidence to believe. Uh, to believe that I could do it, and from there I uh, uh, started writing scripts and screenplays and, and uh, TV scripts and did the Disney Fellowship program, which was really uh, like graduate school. You know, I, I right. did my undergraduate in Italy, and then I did the uh, fellowship program, and uh, it was fantastic. You know, it was um, not not even so much in techniques and skills of writing because I felt like I could have learned that just by writing more, mm-hmm. but just in terms of getting acculturated to the business and learning to pitch and learning how to go into meetings and learning uh, just a foreign, for what for me was a foreign culture. You know, and this is the time when, when I started playing in the business right two years ago, there wasn't the internet. <laughs> right. Like, you could go on and read about all the latest script sales and right. go on a join a, a, blog, a blog that tells you everything about screenwriting. So... Those opportunities to learn about the business like people have now weren't there. So for me, uh, you know, that training program was invaluable, and it was uh, you know out of that that I started writing poems and scripts and got hired on, on to New York Undercover uh, really young. You know, I think I think my first job I was 26. Mm. And I've been work, I've been working uh, yeah, I was really young, and then I've been working uh, you know steadily ever since, sort of toggling between uh, television and. And uh, genres talk about half the time and, uh, and, and teachers as well. You know, you mentioned um, uh, your teacher inspiring you at that yep. moment, kind of changing your life. And uh, yep. I don't know, mentors are so important. And, and it's that one person that it could either make you or break you with just a comment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, to this day, I, I don't know. I remember that script and he had. It had pages upside down, literally. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I got to the end of it, and you know, she said, "I, I think you, you can do this professionally. I think you can do this professionally." And I hung on those words for for years, and mm. yeah, it was very meaningful to me too. And I, and I remember that. Uh, but that said, that said, I had the reverse, and I had the reverse many times. And I was told um, I wouldn't work; it was too hard. Mm-hmm. Don't apply. Don't bother, uh, you know. So you hang on to the you, you have to ignore those and ha- hang on to the uh, you know the good ones. And there are you know there are great great mentors out there available. And I, th- and I certainly try to do the same for people because uh, who am I to say that they're not going to be the next right. whoever? You right. Know what I mean? So you never know. But 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 I, I mean there are some people. <laughs> There are some people, and you look at their work, and you're like, "Ooh, you're gonna need a lot of help," you know. <laughs> so like, you're gonna need a lot of help. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, sure, of course, you're gonna run into people with different levels of talent or experience right. or whatever. But, um, but man, I what if someone had done that to me? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, sure, like I, you know, I worked at it, and I worked at my craft, and I read a lot of scripts. So I, you know, I, I try, I try to be encouraging. Um, you know, to any young writer that I need because I certainly had doors try, tried to be shut in my mm-hmm. face, um, you know, and so I, and I know what it's like to be on the not-so-good end of that. So, right. um, you know, and, and access and opportunity, you know, it's like, 
it's just like like it just wasn't an option for me and I, I think it's opened up a little bit now but uh, uh, but not as much as it, as it used to be what right right yeah. um uh, so how did you uh, how did you come to the sci-fi network sci-fi network you know I was approached by Galen Hurd which is pretty exciting to shout out to Miss Hurd. Well, yeah, totally, yeah. Yeah, and um, I don't get starstruck very easily, but I was pretty starstruck when I, was, when I went to meet Gail, and I'm still a little bit starstruck every time I speak with her. Um, but uh, she approached me with the Whitney Stringer book to adapt, which was uh, Alien Hunter, and then we, uh, you know, pitched it and pitched it to Sci-Fi, and that, uh, you know, that was going on maybe four years ago now. Mm-hmm. So while that was in development, um, Sci-Fi then approached me to uh, to work on 12 Monkeys as a showrunner. Right. So I sort of uh, stepped off Hunters for a minute, went went and did 12 Monkeys for a year, the first season, which was great, and sort of got that up and running um, right. with the creators, uh, Travis Pickett and Karen McCallis. And then uh, the network picked up Hunters, and then I came back to do, uh, to do, to do my own show for a year. Right, right. There's a there's a writer he um what's he 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 wrote for the librarian uh, Jeffrey Thorne he loves Twelve oh. Monkeys yeah no it's 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 a fantastic show I mean yeah. it's um it's really special and and uh, you know the guys did a really great job in the second season it was really terrific right. and um, yeah I mean I'm re- I'm really really proud of Twelve Monkeys it was uh you know I think a lot of the, the word on the street was that you couldn't do a show about time travel. I think the networks were scared, and they thought it was an arena that you couldn't. It was too complicated for people. And uh, you, know, you know, now there's ten time travel projects set up there's, all over town. They're all over. And 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 all, yeah. and say that say that to fans of Doctor Who. You know, <laughs> you know, say it's too yeah, complicated. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's been running uh, for years. I I don't. Uh, you, I, I time travel is one of my favorite parts of the uh, sci-fi genre because when you do it right, it's so um, it, it it's not inspiring. It's so it's so insightful. It's so uh, um, mind blowing when you do time travel in a correct manner Absol- and stuff like that. Absolutely, but the thing about time travel, in addition to just the mind puzzle, is it's deeply emotional because we all we all relate to. I could only go back and do this over. If I could only go back and see this person who passed. Right. If I could just skip to the future and see, is this the woman that I should marry? You know, is this, yeah. you know. So I feel like, in addition to being a, a cool like mental puzzle which it obviously is it also works because it's, it's so human man it's so human to want to be able to play with time and beat time because time is our enemy you know, time yeah is, it's out of it's out of our control so the idea that we would have the power to control it and to move through it is really really uh compa- deep and compelling you know so uh so, you know, like, yeah, well, hopefully we helped everybody figure that out. And I'm excited to see, uh, you know, all the other uh, time travel projects. I'm glad, I'm glad they're I'm glad it opened the door for, for uh, all these others. So, well, Monkeys is cool because, um, well, when I first heard about it, I said, how are they going to do 12 Monkeys? Because the movie kind of, uh, 
you know, tied up the loose strings or whatever. And, and it kind of showed you a time loop and stuff. But then you start to watch the show and you're like, oh, this is pretty deep, you know? And, and, and you, you, you come into the area of, well, just because one story kind of tied up the knot doesn't mean, you know, it's time travel. So you can mess with it in any kind of way because you're going back in time and resetting things, whatever. So um, I, I I loved how you uh, how how you and the rest of the creators kind of you know took the movie and then kind of turned it to where you could have this series. Well, going. it's a, it's a cool story because actually Terry, the creator Terry Travis, actually wrote a pilot called Splinter, mm. uh, and and did actually not. It actually wasn't direct adaptation to 12 Monkeys. So they were approached, uh, someone read Splinter, and then the company that owns the rights to 12 Monkeys, Atlas, approached them and it kind of retrofitted into 12 Monkeys. Nice. So I think I think that probably helped. And I know I know Terry Travis will say this, say this stuff because I think they would have been so intimidated at trying to trying to adapt 12 Monkeys, mm-hmm. but they they weren't they weren't trying. So they had to feed them and, and they. Uh, you know, wisely set it up so that it it is in a time loop and that uh, you know there are multiple streams at least for, at least for now, um, so that there uh, you know that you could you could you could try, you could change things because otherwise you're stuck and there is no forward motion to the storytelling. So I mean that's the whole um, thing about time, right? That you could change things if you want. Well, you know, hopefully, maybe you can. <laughs> maybe it's all. Maybe it's all set and it's a loop, and you know that's 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 the billion movie. So and that's a drama. That's a drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. I, I love I love so many different, well done, you know, time travel things. I started watching. I watched a little bit of Twelve Monkeys the first season, and then I got I, whatever it was. I I I missed a few that's others, exactly. and then yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot on TV, man. And believe me, I get very distracted, Natalie. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm terrible. My ADD will kick in, and it's like, oh, let me watch this. Let me watch that, whatever. Let me do this. But I started um, the second season. I'm going to go back and um, finish up the first. But I started okay. the second okay, season. Cool. The immediate thing that caught me on the second season was uh, the bromance between, uh, you, you, you know, the two lead kind of time travel guys. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Definitely. I like this. You know, I like where it's going. And, and, and you got the doctor that, uh, you know, in the beginning of the second season, she was stuck in the future. And then, you know, she was stuck there for a while. And then she um, came back and and saved my man. And I was like, oh, this is this. I'm liking this. Let me let me continue on. But the reason the reason that that that's second to Hunters Hunters <laughs> I put everything on pause because of Hunters. Oh, thank you. Because Hunters, there's nothing like it on TV. It's um, it's uh, it's it, it's it's got its um, you know, like you like you said before, it's got its sort of a uh, detective, you know, crime solving thing with the FBI and the aliens and stuff like that. But it's also got this um, uh, John Carpenter's the thing. You know, kind of uh, 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 grossness to it. Good, the good kind, the kind that I yeah, want to see. Okay. Thank you. I mean, it's definitely um, a, a strong horror element, and I think what happened was is we 
team got down to Australia mm-hmm. <clears throat> to shoot this show, and um, we, uh, Greg Nicotero of Walking of Walking Dead fame, uh, told us there's one guy in Australia who can build you all these monsters, mm. and it's a guy named Justin Dix. And so when we got down to Australia, um, and I saw what Justin could do, I think the show kind of leaned into his, uh, you know, his abilities, and we sort of went for it, you know, with scenes like uh, the back for where the, uh, you know, one of the aliens has, the, has the, uh, baby hunter out of his back. The back bird. Oh. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Applaud. Slow clap. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I know we had, we had a male editor, and he's like, I just can't watch this anymore. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, you know, in the shower, you know, where they find you in the shower, and, uh, you know, the transformation, uh, the really cool transformation sequence coming up in, in next week's episode. So I think once we got down to, um, you know, once we got down to Australia and kind of saw what Justin was capable of, then we were able to really, uh, really go for it in terms of, of showing a lot of that stuff. And, and uh, you know, the other cool thing was we didn't... Uh, we didn't want to do a lot of digital. I mean, right. Dale comes from a long tradition of, of practical effects, right. you know, going way back to, to Alien. And so, uh, you know, and so we embraced that. I mean, we didn't, it's, uh, you know, we don't have the budget of some of the networks. Right. So we kind of had to work with what we had, and, and what we had was, uh, was really cool ideas and a silver blood and, you know, a guy who could make a, make a monster look really cool and, and uh, you know, and I think that stuff is scary. And I think aliens have been kind of a little bit not scary and not right. creepy and not gross. And so we you know, just made a different choice to kind of make aliens creepy and scary and, and, and a little uh, and a little more horror than they've, than they've been portrayed in the last uh, last few years. So, um, but the beautiful but yeah, it's, it's super fun. The the not to cut you off. The beautiful thing about the show is that. Is 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 not just a horror element, but it's um, <clears throat> it's this emotional, it, it's this emotional um, uh, y- you know, like this emotional trip that the characters take, because all the characters are dealing with uh, either some type of loss or some type of mystery, or some right. type of betrayal. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, and I think uh, you know, I love uh, you know Regan's character and her journey to kind of figure out. Who she is, where she belongs, what, what is she really? You know, mm-hmm. I think that belongs, and also fighting against the urges. You know, fighting against something that's inside of her that's natural. I think her journey is really cool. It's really actually my favorite part of of uh, season one, and uh, and I think she's I think Brittany's awesome. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this real quick about Regan, because again, you're reflecting uh, people of color in this show. You and the uh, the rest of the, I guess, the writing staff and producing and and, yeah. and uh, Miss Heard and um, did did you start out uh, with the idea of casting Regan as a uh, person of color or and or or even um, uh, Briggs? Uh, yeah, yes, on both of those. Um, and I think uh, you know, I was let. I mean, the, the cool thing about Brittany is, uh, you know, she's also biracial, and I feel like she really keyed into um, the idea of being torn between two worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Not really fitting in in either place. Um, so that was that was really that was really a nice bounce uh, with her character, and um, and uh, Briggs was originally named Chow. 
And then, you know, we cast, we shot in Australia and we cast out of Australia. Australia has a a smaller pool of Asian actors than than the States does. Mm -hmm. But Briggs, Mark Smith, is an Aboriginal actor. So when he he came on, um, I said, wow, I love Sorry, people, the audio at this point got a little choppy. Natalie continued talking about uh, Mark Cole Smith, who plays Briggs. Um, she talked about him being an uh, Aboriginal actor in Australia and uh, how he brings such presence to the role. And he's not afraid of uh, uh, being the bad guy. He's not afraid of some of the kickback of being the bad guy, playing the bad guy. I think he does an excellent job playing the bad guy. He's not really bad. He's just got a strong moral center at that uh, rubs people the wrong way. But otherwise, I think he's a great actor. I'm glad to see him. I'm glad that um, uh, Natalie and, and uh, Gail and the rest of the producers had uh, uh, gone with him as a choice. Natalie even mentioned about him uh, performing a smoke ceremony, a uh, traditional aboriginal smoke ceremony before the uh shooting started so that was really awesome apologize for the audio at this point and we'll get back to the conversation having that that vibe on set and learning about that was really really was uh meaningful yeah he he um you know he gives those stares everybody's side eye game is on 10 you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. They all, they all, somebody says something and then there's a pause and somebody looks at somebody else and it's like, wow, there's a, <laughs> their side eye game. Yeah, is he's on fantastic. Him. And the thing I love about Mark is he's not afraid to be the asshole. He's like, they don't like me. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with that as a character. Uh, yeah, no, he, he's been really a, a, a tremendous find, I think. I think he's really going to. Uh, go places and he's been, he's been really fun to work with and uh you know on Brittany on the di- diverse di- diversity front I I will just say you know it, I was proud to have her have her actual hair that was like a huge battle for me yes. on the diversity front yes um it's, I I'll tell you it's little things like that that um move things forward uh you know that was uh something that was she had brought up with me and um it was just something important to her and her character so um but uh but just to answer your question yes it was a really really important part of the show especially with the big and, and it was also an important uh part while we were casting the hunters because the hunters themselves were terrorists because uh yeah you know i didn't want, i didn't want to paint the obvious analogy is to Middle Eastern terrorism, and and so we had to be sort of careful with the casting on that front as well. Right. right. So it's not like the casting. Uh, I tried. I tried like heck to cast Latino parts, uh, and you know, there's just no, there's just no acting pool in uh, in, in Melbourne, Australia that can uh, that uh, can speak Spanish or anything. So. Right. So right. we did. We did our best. No, you did an excellent job. I'm. I'm. Uh, it's. It's again. I'm not saying this just because I enjoy the show, but just looking at it from a, um, <clears throat> you know, from a structural standpoint of the writing, acting, the uh, special effects. It's just a really great show. It, it's. It's. I. 
I don't know the reason why it's on uh, 12 a.m. on on Monday nights. I'm I'm uh, I guess. Man, it just it just wasn't it just wasn't pulling the numbers. It just wasn't pulling the numbers in that time slot, and uh, you know I'm disappointed, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know that what they put there did better. Um, so I'm not sure that it was. Um, yeah, you know here's the thing, man. It's like the ratings, the live ratings right now are confusing everybody in television. Because yeah. there's so many shows, there's so many options, and the networks are trying to to figure out uh, how to make their lineup uh, with with the Nielsen ratings, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, it's just it's just a tough thing. It's a tough thing to get people to tune in live. I mean, it's a tough thing. Like my son, my son, my son, who you know goes to UC Berkeley, said, "How do I even watch sci-fi?" Like he he's so far out of the box of friends. Mm. Don't even they they pirate everything. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not right. defending it, but that's just the reality. Right. So how does a you know how does a show reflect um, ratings? You know, especially especially genre shows are are not is not traditionally on it that sits down and watches it live. So I went, you know, I went it, on a rant. I went not to cut okay. you off. I, I went on a rant. Telling people on, on on Twitter, right? Uh, telling people, yeah. if you guys want sci-fi, you're gonna have to put in the time to watch sci-fi, you know? Cause cause um, Hunters, every episode gets a uh, seven or an eight out of ten rating, yeah. you know? And I'm like, you yeah. guys gonna have to put in the time, or else we're not gonna have these shows. I I'm hoping that I'm I'm gonna march down the streets for Hunters because I want to see what happens. <laughs> everybody uh, well thank you thank you so much well uh you know you, I, I don't expect you to stay up to midnight but you know tape it and watch it and uh i don't think you'll i don't think you'll be disappointed with with how the season ends like, there's some pretty oh. awesome stuff at the end of the season i can already uh, tell because each episode ends yeah. on a nice cliff i can already tell the season's going to end great natalie where um where can people find you on online not not address uh, uh, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> where can people uh, find you online uh, my, twi- my twitter handle is armed candy a-r-m-e-d-k-a-n-d-y uh which is my uh, roller derby name so you can oh that's right you roll hit, me up. You hit d- me up there and i actually have to jump off because i have a call starting in one minute go ahead go ahead natalie thank it you was so a much pleasure to talk to you Come on the show again. Come on after uh, the season ends. Okay, that was so fun. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, folks, Natalie Chaidez, showrunner of Hunters, producer of showrunner, producer of 12 Monkeys first season, and so many other shows. Natalie, I really appreciate you. I hope you go back and listen to the show. We're going to have Natalie back on the show because she immediately responds to my request, and she seems like an awesome person. She is an awesome person. She seems like she's uh, um, very happy to to come on and talk to the talk to the fans. So, um, hey, thanks for listening, you guys. Hit me up on my blog, geeksoulbrother.com. Reviews and trailers. Hit that donate button. So that she can help me get more awesome people on the show and just um, have everybody come on and, and just do these interviews and and just talk about behind the scenes of all the uh, great stuff that we have on TV and movies and stuff like that. But 
Hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, I'll see you all on a regular show on Tuesday. Talk to you guys later. Peace. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.